so tonight, um, I'm going to spend some time talking to you about some stuff, okay? Is that all right? You guys all right with me talking about stuff? Beth's okay. Beth always has to hear me talk about stuff. So she's pretty used to that, um, pretty familiar with that, I guess. Um, and I am, believe it or not, I'm going to sit down uh, because, well, everyone else is sitting down, so I'm going to sit down, okay? <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm going to take tonight to dream with you a bit. Um, Billy, does that, that doesn't mean this is your time to fall asleep, okay? Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit. I want to cast some vision and I want to talk about, um, kind of what's going on in our hearts right now and what we feel like God is speaking to us in this time. You know, it's so interesting and, and, you know, we, we call ourselves real church. Um, and the reason we call ourselves that is because we believe in being open and honest and transparent and not trying to hide your flaws and your stuff and your baggage uh, because we don't deal with it when we kind of take it from that approach. Um, and I'm going to be transparent with all of you tonight, um, those of you that are here, those of you that are online and so on and so forth, because I want to talk to you about what we feel like God is doing in this time for us as a church. Um, it's really interesting as you look at what has happened to church throughout this pandemic. I think you can look around and you can see businesses still moving to some degree. Yes, they've been impacting. But I don't believe there's been a greater impact to any specific organization or person or thing than there has been to the local church. And I don't think that that is um, coincidence, okay? I think it's interesting because um, as we come back to the church, I told you guys a few weeks ago that, you know, we saw 80, 90% of the church at the first service that we came back together. And then from there, it's continued to drop every single week. And that's so interesting to me. Um, it's very interesting to me as a pastor to think about that. Um, and there's a lot of components to that. There's a lot of things that may be playing into that. And I know it's summer and some things are happening there. But I think it's also important to understand that there is an attack from the enemy on the concept of congregating together, okay? And what's interesting to me as a pastor, and I'm just being honest and transparent with you here, okay? And I, I hope you guys know that I love you, all of you, those of you that are here and those of you that are online and so on and so forth. But it's so interesting, this, this polarizing conversation where you have so many people that are like, wear your masks, wear your masks. And even in components where masks are being worn, people aren't present. And you have other people that are like, this is ridiculous. We can't wear a mask. We can't even go to church. And then when church is back, they're not present. Wow. <laughs> and I think it's important for us to understand and wake up to the fact that there is something that the enemy is trying to do in this. 
And what he's trying to do is scatter us abroad, okay? Absolutely, we can connect virtually. Absolutely, we can connect in some of these things. But you all know, let me explain something to you. If my relationship with my wife was 100% virtual, there'd be some problems. <laughs> there'd be some problems, I mean, right? And we have lied to ourselves that these virtual experiences are just as good. And I want, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be honest here with you guys. And I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anyone. Okay. I'm picking on all of us, but the last five months have been incredibly difficult for us. And I want to explain why that's been so difficult for us. Bethany and I, our hearts are to encourage. Our hearts are to love. Our hearts are to minister through so many different situations that so many people encounter on every week. I'll never forget, um, Beth and I were um, attending a church and there was a new pastor there. And the new pastor had um, set up meetings with different age groups. And so he had a specific meeting and dinner that he wanted to do with all the senior adults. He had a specific meeting that he wanted to do with the adult adults, I guess you would call them, Um, a, a specific meeting for young adults, a specific meeting for youth and kids and all these things, okay? And I'll never forget that Beth and I went to this meeting and it was for young adults and uh, we were young adults at the time, so young. Um, but, uh, what he did is he was, he was going from person to person to say, Hey, listen, tell me your heart. Tell me what you feel like God has placed in you and maybe how you can serve. And, you know, there were different people that's like, man, my heart is to worship and I just want to be on the worship team. I want to do this. And there's people that's like, man, youth ministry is really where I'm at. And another person was like, oh, working with the babies in the nursery and all these different, some people were like, man, I don't really know. I just, I I think I'm a great teacher and blah, 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 blah. And all this around. And I remember it coming to me and I said, all I really want to do is love people. That's, that's what I want to do. That's what my heart is to do is to love people. So you can imagine, and and that is Bethany's heart, okay? It was never about us. I mean, yes, we were youth ministers, but it was never about just youth ministry. The, the, The senior adults, we wanted to hug them. We wanted to love them. We wanted to let them know that they were valuable and that they were needed and that they were important. Just as we did everyone, even the little kids, that's our heart. That's what we've always longed for, okay? It's just to encourage, love, and equip. And what's interesting and difficult for us over the last five months is that this idea of quarantine kills that in a disgusting way for us. <laughs> because even Beth and I, it's like even as we serve people now and we, and we take them dinners and we do some of these different things that we do for other people that many of you probably don't know about, but as we do those things... Even Bethany and I are like, well, we didn't know whether we could hug them or we could, you know, get closer to them and and like all this stuff that goes into our head because our nature is to just love, embrace, encourage. That's it. And I've told you guys for years now, we we may not be the church 
that has all of the, clearly we don't, right? It was Beth and I tonight in terms of worship. We may not have the most eloquent speaker who knows how to use words real smart like, right? <laughs> right? You can easily go online and you can find a Stephen Furtick or a, you know, whoever it is, right? Whoever you want to listen to. And you could hear someone who's, who, who, who can deliver that word better than I could. But what we've always said is that we will always be a church that you can build effective relationships. Relationships that can encourage and equip you. And the problem is, in the DNA of our church, that has been stifled, okay? And if you think that hasn't been stifled, then you are not in my seat looking out at 24 empty pews of 26. (laughs) I think there's actually 24 pews, so it may be 22 empty pews. And yes, people will say, yeah, but you don't know how many people you're reaching online. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. But let me explain to you what we cannot do effectively online is embrace you, comfort you, and encourage you in the way that God has anointed us to do. And so I want, I want to talk to you for a little bit because many of you have not encountered the experience of working at the church from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. to sit down in front of six people. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I want, I, I want to talk about this for a minute because it's, it's an important component of what God is doing in this church, okay? And so don't, don't miss, and, and let me explain to you, I, I wrote like two pages of notes and then I just deleted them all because this is just, <laughs> Beth just made a funny thing at me, um, it wasn't the bird. She didn't flip me the bird, okay? Um, I know y'all were thinking it. It didn't happen. <laughs> Billy says I'm working on her. Um, this is important. This is important to us because there is a fundamental change that must happen. And I wish so many of you were here to actually hear it from my heart and from my face. And I know some of you are watching online. But there is, there is, there is a significant shift that is about to take place. And some of you will want to be a part of it. And some of you will not. And that's okay. But I, I wanna talk to you about this for a little bit because in the month of August, this is where I think we're going okay. In the month of August, I think we're gonna take some time to revisit who we are as a church And that starts by tonight talking a little bit about our mission as a church and how that mission is going to fuel the future of who we are. So let me talk about our mission as a church. Our mission is very simple. It is to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. That is it. It is not to look incredibly cool and have a cool hat like I do. And I do look incredibly cool. Um, It is not to have the most immaculate, beautiful, perfect building. 
Billy was Billy was waiting for what I was going to say. I was going to say wife, and then I was, and she wasn't listening enough for me to get the points for it. So I decided decided to go with something else. Um, building, even though I believe that we have a beautiful building, it is simply to intr- introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. And two weeks ago, Bethany and I we came to service, and as as I always do, right. I spent from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. here until service started, and then I was here till, I don't know, 6, 6.30. And Bethany was home with the kids, dealing with all that, getting all of them ready, doing the work that she has to do so that we can do what we need to. And she gets here at 3 o'clock so that we can practice and we can, you know, argue about what songs we're going to sing and... and um, and mess up and can't figure out parts. Just so you know, we practiced probably over a dozen songs tonight before we finally gave up and went to those three, okay? It's a lot of work for us, guys. (laughs) It's a lot of work. But our mission is to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. And two weeks ago, we came here and we had an in-person service. And there were a total of 10 people at church that night. And just for some perspective, five of those people were me and my kids and Beth, minus Nakota, because Nakota was at a party. And um, only two of those people, Chris and Kristen, weren't actually relatives in some way. (laughs) That's fun. And I, and I say that jokingly laughing about it because I, I can remember listening to podcasts of Mark Driscoll when he was starting Mars Hill Church many years ago and him saying that there are so many services that he came through and it was just him and his wife, his family and his wife would be like, are you seriously just going to preach at me again this week? And he'd be like, yes. <laughs> so Beth still takes notes no matter what because she's awesome. But what we... What we walked away from that saying is this isn't working. Now, if we, if we rewind, okay, if we rewind and we go back to early March, January, February, early March, there were a lot of amazing things that were happening in the church. We had new families that were coming in. We had spiritual growth that was taking place. People who were literally starting to dig in deeper. And it was like week after week, we were like, man, we just feel like, we feel like something's stirring here. We feel like something's coming together. And I am not surprised at all that something like a pandemic would come to just mess all that up. I'm going to probably make a lot of sound effects tonight. That's kind of what I'm going to go for. And so when Bethany and I walked away, Bethany said something that was spot on, that hit me right here, square behind, square beyond, between the eyes, behind the eyes, betwixt the eyes, okay, <laughs> right betwixt the eyes. She said, "If they won't come to us, then we're going to go to them." And I was like, dang, girl. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because the, the question Bethany and I have been asking, and, and I, I'm just, I'm rending my heart before you a little bit, okay? Bethany have been, we've been asking ourselves as young pastors, we're new at this, guys, you know that. 
we've been asking ourselves, how do we introduce people to Jesus in a pandemic? How can we effectively minister? And let me tell you, we have tried and done a lot of different things. We've given pizzas away. We've given ice cream away. We've given coffee away, right? We've had people sign up. And you know what's funny is as we've done these things, you know how many people church, how many church people we see sign up for these things and we're like, well, crap, that's not what we're trying to do. (laughs) I'm not trying to feed another church family because I am not a shepherd that just likes to herd sheep. I like to convert sheep. Got to be careful saying the word sheep, don't I? I got to be like, I got to emphasize the right letters and stuff there. And so this, this, how do we introduce people to Jesus, introduce people to Jesus in a pandemic is not an easy question for us to answer. And so we have been praying and we have been seeking God in this. And I want this to be perfectly clear to everyone who is here and everyone who is listening. Your job is to win people to Jesus. Pandemic or not, mask or not. Your mission is to introduce people to Jesus. Hello. You need to get this because we are guilty, and I say we, okay? We are guilty of sitting on our hands waiting for this to pass, and that is not going to happen anymore. Bethany actually shared this scripture online today, Romans 10, verses 13 to 14. I want you to hear this. Romans 10, chapter 13 and 14 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? There is a mandate in this passage for us, real church. And it is, How are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? This is about more than sharing an image of Jesus on your Facebook post. This is about more than commenting on a live service. This is about more than sharing a live stream. This is about more than sharing a song. This is about simply talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in your life. You are not exempt from this because you have to wear a mask or because you're afraid of a virus. You are not, we are, there is nothing, listen, there is nothing in here that exempts any of us 
from doing the work of Christ because of the situations that we have found ourselves in. It doesn't change. I want to share an encouraging story about this, okay, because I have a I have some pastor friends that I'll call and I'll confide in and I'll talk to. And I called a, a good friend of mine, Pastor Josh Burgess, up in Cleveland, um, Ohio. And I was talking to him and he's like, can I tell you, let me tell you something, because he and I are talking about this, okay? Because let me tell you what is happening right now. We are being, I, I can tell you right now, I have, and I, man, I hope this doesn't come out wrong to any of you. Um, and so you know my heart and you know that I love you and all this stuff. But I have about this much interest in having another church service for 10 people and not seeing people come to meet Jesus. My job is not to spoon feed Christians. It's, that's not what we are called to do as a church. Remember, our mission is to introduce as many people as we possibly can to Jesus. I Listen, there are some churches that I have been to in the past that are perfectly happy with seeing the same people get resaved every single week, okay? <laughs> and I could, I could lead Billy to the Lord every single Saturday and we could shout about it, but I am telling you, that y'all have some people that need Jesus and our community has some people that need Jesus and I'm telling you right now, it is very clear to us that during this time, those people aren't willing or interested in necessarily coming into this place for whatever reason, because they have to wear a mask or because they don't have to wear a mask, because they are going to be close to people or because they're not going to be close to people. It doesn't matter. We have got this on the FM transmitter and I don't think there's a single person that's parked in the lot to listen from that. Okay? But I, I'm talking to my pastor friend in, in Cleveland. He says, let me tell you what some of my people did. And I said, okay. Because he says, I'm with you. He's like, I, I've seen the same thing in our church. I've seen, you know, things start. When we came back, people were there, and then people just, I, I don't know if it's complacency. I don't know what it is, Tom. But it, it's, it's trickled off. And I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm just a bold enough guy to say, you know what, if we're not going to have services anymore like this, we're just not going to have services anymore like this. Because I, I, listen, I am, I, we are sacrificing a lot to do this and I am not going to do it without digging and getting some fruit out of it. And I don't care what we've got to do to get that fruit. I'm talking bold, crazy ideas here, people. So y'all best buckle up. Some of you are like, I wonder when he's going to finish this tonight. And I don't know yet because I don't have notes really, okay? I'm, I might be rambling a little bit for some of you, okay? But what he said is, he says, I had some people, then there's a, there's a beach that's close by to them. And no, we're not moving the church down to Clearwater, though that was a potential option. Um. He said, we've got, a, we've got a, a beach in the area at the lake. He says, and they, they, they've got a chalkboard sign. And they've got a, a, little, a little awning that they've put up, a little canopy. And they, they put their masks on like this. 
And no, this this mask isn't big enough to cover my beard. Kristen and Chris and I were talking about that. I did see a guy that took his beard and literally lifted it up over his face and put a a rubber band around it to call it his mask. I kind of laughed. I thought it was kind of funny. My beard's not that long. Um, But he said said they, they go out to this beach and they stick this sign out and they write on this chalkboard sign, how can we pray for you? That's it. That's all they do. Just a sign. No fancy brochures. No fancy music. No fancy lights. No fancy nothing. Just a sign that says, how can we pray with you? This past week, they had four people accept Jesus Christ because of a crappy little chalkboard sign and some people who were willing to be uncomfortable to sit there and wait for someone to walk up. Two weeks ago, they went out into that beach and they baptized three people who wanted to be baptized when they came up. Wow. (laughs) I was like, man, I was like, you best shut up, dude. I'm about to close the doors. <laughs> Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38 is where we're going to go next. And, and I, I want you to understand, here's what God is doing to us in this right now. He knows, he knows me well. God knows me well. Well enough to know if all of our people, and I say our people as in terms of us as a church, if all of our normal church people were here and were continuing to come, I would be pretty satisfied. I would be. I'd be pretty satisfied. That could float me along for a, it could definitely float me through this pandemic very, very easily to the point that I would be complacent and okay with not seeing people come to know Jesus. And to that, I say, dang you, Tommy. Because <laughs> I would be. And that's, and that's, that's a, listen, this is real church. Pastors are not supposed to say that, right? Um, and so I'll, I'll tell you what God is doing to me in this. He's making me incredibly uncomfortable in that. Matthew chapter nine, verses 35 to 38 says this. And when Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction, when he saw the crowds He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, I want to speak to that for a second. Like sheep without a shepherd. For us, I am not looking for sheep that have a shepherd. I... I don't want to say I don't care about those people. They're part of the body of Christ. I do care about those people. But I want to say this. I am not looking for sheep with a shepherd. 
He says, then, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out, to send out laborers into his harvest. We need to get back to a place where we have compassion on those that are without the peace and joy that we are supposed to be living in. We need to start being compassionate about the people of Goshen. Listen, we, we set up in the DNA of the church a long time ago to be boldly generous as a church. That we have given away over $30,000 to our community and that is beautiful and it is amazing and we glorify God that that has been a reality for us as a church. But I, I want you to understand that. I don't want us to hide behind the facade of being generous that we are not expanding the kingdom of heaven. We could give away a million dollars, but if people are not going to be able to bust through those pearly gates because they've accepted Jesus, we ain't doing it right, okay? We need to begin praying earnestly, which means with sincerity and with intense conviction that the Lord would send out laborers into his harvest. So after this experience, right, that Bethany Hyde, and let me just be transparent for those that are watching online, this is the second week of that type of an experience. <laughs> just what Bethany said is spot on. If they can't or they won't come to the church, then we must Go to them. So this is our call. This is our our um, waving of the flag. This is my flag now. You guys shouldn't give me props. Um, th this is this is what I I want you to understand something. Our church, and this is how I've been describing it. Um, and I don't know if this is the right way to describe it or not, but we are about to become a bit of a hybrid of a church, okay? I want to explain what, what I mean when I talk about this because what we feel is that God is pushing us outside of the building. And I will say this, if there are this 10 of us who are bold enough to go sit out somewhere, right, listen, listen, I would much rather spend my Saturday afternoon parked in a lawn chair, sitting there, letting people drive. Listen, I, I'm, we're going to get crazy, peeps. <laughs> let people drive in and come get pray, prayed for or, or let people walk up and be prayed for. And you know what we would be? We would be real. We would be us. We would be who we are. We would minister and we would love people. That's what God is pushing us to do right now. Now this is this conversation, this idea of becoming this hybrid church, this completely, listen, I, I, I'll tell you about this book that I read once. This book is called From Good to Great. <clears throat> it's a book by Jim Collins. Good to Great is a, is a business leader's book, okay? Some of you may have read it. I know Billy's read it four to five times now. And Good to Great, <laughs> I 
good to great is like all these case studies of these businesses that were doing well. But as things, they didn't embrace innovation. They didn't embrace change. They didn't embrace what was happening within their environment. And as a result, they died. But there are other businesses that were doing good and they embraced innovation. They embraced change. They embraced their environment in such a way that they went from good to great. Now, if you ask me where we were pre-COVID, my answer would be good. That's what I would have said. I wouldn't have said that we were in a great place, but I would have said we were in a good place because I felt that. I felt that and I believe that. But I believe what God is preparing us for now is to transition from a good place to a great place. And this is why I'm saying this is because our... DNA, our mission as a church is to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. And so to do that, this isn't working. And so we have to have the boldness to step out and say, okay, well, this isn't working. What are we about to do? So I want to talk a little bit about that. Because this has spurred so many ideas and discussions about what the future looks like for us as a church. And I believe that there are some phases to this and some things that may change and all these different things, okay? But here's what I want to be asking you, those of you that are here and those of you that are online, is where do you fit in this, okay? Where can you serve? How can you be a bigger part of what God is stirring in us at this time? So I want to start to paint a bit of a picture for you. Real Church Goshen is going to start adjusting to the needs of our community, not the needs of those who want to attend and be in the, in the building, okay? I have said that for a long time, that we will conform in a way that we become just people pleasers, right? If that was the case, I would have already grown out my hair, Okay, and I'm not doing that. Okay, <laughs> um, we are going to become a bit of a hybrid church. What does that mean, Tom? Well, let me respond to that question honestly. I don't know. <laughs> huh. I've always said that I'm a pastor, that I have no problem telling people, I don't know. I told you guys many times that Bethany, when we were starting the church, she would say, there's a lot of questions. And there's a lot of things that I don't understand. What do I do? Someone asked me something. And I've said, you say, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay to say, I don't know. Because we, there are many things that we don't know. And so as we talk about the future, we talk about where God is leading us. I'm going to tell you that it is not in full clarity yet, but clarity is coming because I believe as we've begun sharing little bits and pieces with people that there is a stirring that is coming up that is going to blow our minds. Because as we start to do this in unity, I believe that God is stirring up something that he has longed for his church to step into for a very, very, very long time, okay? If we were to continue doing what we are doing, 
and people were not meeting Jesus, we just would not be effective, okay? We are expecting lives to be changed and transformed, and if we are expecting that, then there is something that we have to do. We have to make some drastic changes. And that means, you know, I I told you before when we started this church, I had this vision, okay? And this vision was... someone was working in in an old print press, okay? And in an old print press, what they would do is they would create a mold, okay? And it would be, oftentimes it would be, they would use these steel plates to create this mold. And once that mold was created, the print press would use that mold over and over and over to keep recreating whatever you were printing, okay? It was just constant. And it would just fly out of there, okay, through this print press. And, and, And what God said to me in that moment is God said, I want to do, he said, he said, I want to recreate the mold, okay? That mold that so many people would use to say, this is church. We got three songs, we got offering talk, we got preach sermon, we got altar call experience, and then we all go out to eat and we eat at Bob Evans, and we've never been to Bob Evans, and that's why. Okay, that's not why, but um, I'm, I'm just joking about that. But this same over and over and over and over and over, recreating the exact same experience. And what God said to me is, I want to create a new mold, but I want it to be fluid. I want it to be able to change constantly. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> people like People like structure, typically. And you can tell that people like structure because when we were consistently meeting here at the church at 5 p.m., you know what most people would do? They'd show up here at 5 p.m. But when that structure got destroyed and it got all messed up, all of a sudden people weren't, they weren't consistent. They, they were starting off logging on at time at 5 p.m. every single time watching service, but then it became, well, I missed a week here and I missed a week there and I was going to watch this and I didn't watch it. And then I watched it three days later and then blah, 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 blah. And it just, it just fell apart. People like structure. And so it's interesting that God says to me, I want it to be fluid. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. And we are going to start changing up the way that we are approaching our services and our community. So today so today was going to be kind of like the initial start to phase one. Because what we wanted to see is we wanted to see how things would work. We, we bought, okay, I'm just gonna tell you what we did. We bought a 20-foot inflatable projection screen. It is huge. It literally is taller than the gutters on the building of the church, people. We went big. And we, and we created a setup that literally we can stream everything that's happening within the service outside on a screen through a projector, through a camera, and figure out and say, okay, if people are afraid to come into the church, then what we can do is we can start by at least doing something here. But our vision is to just say, you know what, Saturday, we're not going to have service here. We're going to be at Lakeshore Estates, or we're going to be at Green Acres, or we're going to be at the park, or we're going to be wherever we're going to be. This hybrid of a church that we're going to be incredibly mobile, where we're just going to say, you know what, where are people going, and where can we go do something?
It may mean that, you know what, we're going to, listen, and I'm just, I am straight spitballing now. So the things that are coming out of my mouth could be incredibly dangerous. We might be setting up and go sitting at sprinkles with a sign out that says, how can we pray with you? And we're buying people's ice cream when they come through. I have no clue, guys. I have no clue. But what I will tell you is that our mission is to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. And this, for the foreseeable future, is not going to accomplish that mission. And that won't work. It's like, if my mission was to, um, I'm going to do something stupid probably. If my mission, yeah, I, I am, okay. If my mission was to take this stand and actually have it sit here so that it's a little bit off of the stage and it would give me a little more space. But if I sat it here and I let go, that wouldn't work. But if I, if I, if I stood here and um, I was like, okay, that didn't work. So this time I'm going to stand it here and I'm going to let go. That didn't work either. It's all right. Next week. Um, okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stand this here and then I'm going to let go. That didn't work either. All right, I'll try again next week. Okay, this week what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand this here and I'm going to let go. That didn't work again. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Because it's starting to get pretty dicey where I think I'm actually going to drop this thing. If I continue to do this over, and right, we talk about the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And guess what? This is what the church is doing over and over and over. And can I tell you, I, as your pastor, is getting very, is getting very, am getting very tired of doing this, expecting different results. So that means we are going to change some things. And some of these are going to be big, bold, crazy, insane decisions that you may look at and you may say, what is he on? (laughs) What is he thinking? Why are we doing that? Did we say, listen, I'm just going to tell you, um, I shared one of the ideas with someone um, with, with, with my pastor buddy and he was like, dude, I hate you. I was like, why? Why do you say that? He's like, because you would be a church that would do something as crazy as that. And I was like, yeah, well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so there, there are some bold decisions that we're going to make as a church. And it's really interesting that we are going to make it this time because, as you guys know, we are in the middle of buying the building. <laughs> <laughs> There was a point that Bethany and I looked at each other and we said, why the crap are we buying the building? Like, if, if we know for the next six months probably, people aren't going to come to the building, why are we buying the building? And I was like, well, you know, and we talked, well, well, hold on. Some of the crap that we're talking about doing, people, we're going to need some storage. <laughs> And with the price that we're getting this building at, it's a crazy God opportunity. And there's no doubt that we're going to need this building for what God is going to continue to do as a hybrid service because there are things that are coming into my mind even as we talk that I think, oh, we could definitely do this. Guys, we might find ourselves in a situation where we only meet in the sanctuary once a month. Oh, 
<laughs> now, I don't know how I'm going to fill out my Church of God paperwork that says how many people came to service every week when I do that, but they'll figure it out. <laughs> we are talking about literally transforming as a church right now. And here is what I am asking. I am asking for your support. I am asking for your prayers. I am asking I am asking you to consistently give, okay? And, and many of you have done that, but also many of you, because you're not here and you don't see the tithe box, you forget. But let me tell you, some of these bold ideas aren't free. <laughs> but if you want to see, listen, if you call yourself a member or a part of the real church family, I need you. We need you. We need you to be faithful in so many different ways. But what I want you to be faithful to above all else is the mission of winning as many people as we can to Jesus. I need you to be faithful in that above all else. Because let me tell you, these ideas, as crazy as they may feel, as it, <laughs> I just, I, I, listen, I'm getting pumped about this. And y'all can blame my wife for it, okay? Because when she looked at me and she said, well, if they ain't coming to us, then we gotta go to them, like now. And she started spitting out these ideas I was like, man. And so I am telling you right now, this is something to be excited about. This is not, uh, hear my heart in this. This message, this conversation that I'm having with you, because it's literally just a conversation. <clears throat> I mean, Billy is so chill about it right now that I, he's like, he's sitting, he's like, Phew. Preach, brother, man. Um, this, this conversation is not meant to be a lashing. It is, that is not what is happening here, okay? My heart is to stir up the gifts within you to see people come to know Jesus. That's what I want to see. And as a church, that is our mission, and so if we are not seeing that, if we are not accomplishing that, then I will be honest with you, it's just as easy for me to close the doors of the church and me to have all my time back. That may sound a little harsh, but I, but we, but us, none of this is going to make sense when I say it because I've used all of the wrong um, tense or whatever it's called. I don't know these things. We are not doing this to just pat each other on the back, to not just be friends with each other. Listen, I can be friends with all y'all and y'all can just come over to my house and we can have a nice time eating steaks and potatoes with lots of cheese and bacon on them. 
glory. I feel the Lord in that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm saying this that I want you to get excited about the idea of seeing people come to know Jesus. Because I'm telling you right now that I do not see, and, and maybe this is a lack of faith. I don't know. You guys can correct me on this later. But I do not see a point right now because of this cursed pandemic and the fear that is gripping people. I don't see lost people walking through those doors for some time. I don't, it doesn't matter how much I clean. Bethany and I in here, cleaning, mopping, wiping everything down before people get in here. Just to watch Billy lick all the pews when he walked in. He's got to stop doing that, guys. I don't know what to do. He was doing it through the mask, too. He's wearing a mask, licking. It was just awful. <laughs> but to do all of that, and, and, and please hear this, I am not counting the value of those of you that are here and those of you that are online as less and if you know me, you know that's not what I'm saying. You know my heart. You know my heart and all of that. But what I am saying is that we exist. This is why we exist, guys. Our mission is to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. And so for some of you, you might say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Are you talking, are you saying that we may not for a while have an actual typical church service every Saturday? I'm saying to you right now, I don't know, but I'm saying to you also that that very well could be the case. And if you're going to be offended because there's not a church service for you to attend and get your jollies from, <laughs> that was probably the wrong way to say that, but it felt good. Beth is, Beth is straight shaking her head no in the back. It's so fun. And I've got a clear shot to her, so she can't hide behind anyone because there's no one in these pews. Um... <laughs> People are going to be like, he straight lost it. This, this sermon, this whole service, when it goes up, it should be titled, The One Where He Loses It. And <laughs> Billy is like looking back at Chris and Chris and like, cut it. Cut his mic. Stop him, please. <laughs> oh, See, Pete, this is, this is the stuff that they tell you don't, don't do in Church 101. Literally, Church 101, when they're like, hey, when you're church playing, whatever you do, make sure that your live stream looks like a full packed hell so people don't feel afraid to come to your church. In my church, I'm like, there's nobody here. <laughs> it's so fun. No. <laughs> you got, listen, for those of you that are watching online, that this is your first time tuning in and you're like, this is like going to go viral. Pastor loses it. I'm not losing it. <laughs> um, um, this is who I am. So <laughs> this is maybe this is why. Maybe you guys need a new pastor. Maybe that's the deal. But um, Bethany, what? Yeah, you're allowed to walk up here. Um, put your mask on. Um, but uh, anyways, what I, what I want to say to you is this, is that we are going to be effective as a church, period. 
We are going to be effective as a church. Listen, there is something about Bethany and I that I will tell you, and this is, this is why she is my cheerleader, okay? This is why she is constantly at my side and she's constantly cheering me on is because week after week after week, as we see the lack of lost people, as we see people not coming to meet Jesus, as we see the fact that we have a community that is dying Without knowing Christ, she looks at me and she says, we are not giving up. Amen? This, this, is, this looks crazy from right here. <laughs> and listen, I ain't even tell you some of the ideas because it's, it's going to sound crazy from out there. You're going to be like, he's going to do what? And they're going to do what? And they're going to, and where the heck are they? And you know what? It's all going to work out because we done been bold and crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, Beth wants to add something, I think. Yellow. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. He's, he's going to turn you on. He's got you. I think you're good now. I just wanted to share that when God began to speak to me about this, I had I had seen someone share on Facebook. I think it was my aunt, um, she had shared this thing. It was just in their workout room and it was talking about, we can do hard things. Like our family can do hard things. And when I think about that for the church and what God was speaking to me, I felt like, okay, God, we can do hard things. Okay. As Christians, for some reason, we're supposed to be bold and brave, but one of the scariest things is going out is talking to somebody in the grocery store. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, I think it was whenever the last time we had service here, God was literally speaking to me back there. God was literally speaking to me about these ideas and going out. And I kept thinking about that. We can do hard things. This is hard. It is hard to leave the security of the church it's safe here, we all think alike, we know how it goes, we've been raised in it, and I said to the Lord, this is before I even shared the ideas with Tom, I said to the Lord, okay God, if you want us to do this, if you want us to do the scary things, then we will do it. If that is what you are telling us to go do, if you are telling us to go out, no matter how scary it is, we will do it because we are not going to give up, and we want to reach people for Jesus. We want this to be successful for God. Not for us, not to make a name for ourselves, but we've got, to do, we've got to be different. We've got to do whatever he says. And just like Tom said about being fluid, that's what we've got to be. We've got to listen to the Lord. When he says to move, move. Even if it looks crazy, even if it looks different, even if it looks so hard and it makes you feel like puking at the thought of going door to door or going into some of the neighborhoods around here and setting up, it feels scary. And I said to the Lord, if that's what you want us to do, God, then we're going to do that. But you got to be with us. And we know that if we are going out and we are doing what he told us to do, he is going to be with us. And I just keep thinking about that when, when God was collecting his disciples and how he said, let me show you. I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. And I believe God is saying to us, 
that he is going to teach us how to be fishers of men again. I believe that we've lost how to do that. Maybe we've relied on social media too much. It's time for us to learn how to be fishers of men again. If, if you could just picture this with me. When I said to Tom, if they're not going to come here, then we have to go to them. I just pictured us, just God teaching us how to take our nets. We're going to take our nets into these neighborhoods. And God is going to teach us how to be fishers of men again. And we got to be willing to do that. Can we be bold? Can we be brave? Can we be real church? Okay? Jesus wasn't afraid. He walked town to town. Okay? We can go. He can teach us. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it makes us feel like puking. It, it's, we don't know how to do it. What if we say the wrong words? What if I giggle? You know what I mean? Like, she will going, giggle. She will definitely giggle. Us. If you could just picture this thought. I just picture this huge net and I just feel the Holy Spirit in this so much that we have this massive net. We want to reach the drug addicts. We want to reach the lost. We want to reach the confused. We want to reach them. Just picture these nets. God's just going to go out and do it for us because we're going to be obedient. He's going to send the nets out and he's going to teach us how to be fishers of men again. And I just really wanted to share that. That's been on my heart probably all week, and I felt like I was going to explode back there if I didn't come tell you guys. Because we can do hard things. We can do hard yes. things as a church because if we're following the Holy Spirit, He is going to be with us. Who cares if our face turned red? Who cares if we mess up a word? If we are following his leading, he will lead us, he will teach us. He, he says, open our mouth and he will fill it. That's what I wanted to share. About three weeks ago, um, I shared this passage out of Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read verse 15. This, this is what it says. And this was Moses. Remember, Moses was talking to God. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. And Moses was saying, hey, it, even though if the promised land is over there, if you're not going with us, I don't want to go. And what I am telling you is that our heart has been that with God. God, if you want us to stay and do things like we have been and, and you're going to send the people, fine. But God, if you are pushing us out, then let us go with you. And I believe that is what God is calling us to do. Now, I'm going to say again, um, I say all of that without a full understanding of what this means, okay? Um, we, we, don't, we don't understand what this all means. But what's nice about where we are as a church is we can be incredibly flexible, okay? And it's our flexibility that I believe, you know, Bethany was just talking about the disciples and how Jesus sent them out after, listen, these were, these were fishers, okay? These fishers, they knew how to fish. They knew how to catch fish. And when Jesus looked at them and said, hey, you need to go out to the deep and cast your nets, they knew it was completely illogical 
if 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 you heard me talk a few maybe a month or so ago, we were talking about fishing. And I was talking about how when you get a boat, the only thing you do is you actually go all along the lake and you just fish out from the sides. You don't you don't get a boat typically to go into the middle of the lake and fish right down in the middle. You you almost never see anyone doing that. Because that's not where the fish are. We know that. But see, Jesus told the disciples, you need to go out into the deep. By all fishermen's understanding, they would say, uh, Jesus, there ain't no fish over there, brother. <laughs> They're over here. But they were obedient to step out, to leave their comfort, to leave their safety, to leave their security, to go reap a harvest like they had never reaped before. And I want to I want to be clear about this. I want you to hear this. I am not talking about a harvest that fills this building. I'm talking about a harvest that fills heaven. I want the alerts to be going off in heaven that says we need to expand because <laughs> there are so many people rushing in right now. We are getting reports of all of these people who are actually surrendering their lives to Jesus. That is what I am craving. And I pray that you will crave that with us and that you will journey with us in this. I don't know what everything looks like today, but I we are seeking God in it. And if you are someone, maybe, maybe you are watching online and you're like, I just found this random weird pastor who's saying all kinds of crap that he shouldn't be saying and I've just enjoyed it and maybe you're at the end of this and now and you're like maybe I want to help that weird guy out a little bit um let us know the months months before this happened I'll, I'll never forget I spoke a word on being the church and God had like straight messed me up about the dynamics of the church. And I, I think all of this was starting then in me, okay? I, I think all of this was starting back there, okay? And I, and I, I don't even know, I, I'm actually looking to try to see how long ago it was to see if I can find it. Uh, but when that happened, it was like breaking our whole mentality and understanding. It was, oh my gosh, August 24th, 2019, Almost a year ago now, almost a year ago, that God had put this in my heart, in my spirit, to mess up the idea so that we could get back to what church actually is. And to recognize that we are the temple, not this building, even though it's great, and yes, we want to buy it and all those things. It's not about this, it's about being the temple and walking that out. And so we're about to go on a journey and we're going down a path that is, is likely very grown up. <laughs> there is not, a, it's not like a nice little path, like, oh, we're gonna go walk through the woods. This is gonna be so fun. There's a nice little path that's been carved out for us. No, guys, we are going through thorns and jungle and weeds and all this stuff. We are gonna get scraped. We are gonna get hurt. We are gonna get damaged. We are gonna get bruised. You're gonna get a tick, okay? It's, just, it's gonna happen, okay? <laughs> but I am asking for your support in this because... We will not go another day 
Listen, we will not go another day without seeing people come to know Jesus. And that is the message tonight. So I want to ask you this, okay? I want to ask you to please, 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 please be praying. Be praying for a number of things. Be praying for clarity for us as we try to lead as best as we can in whatever is happening in the world, okay? Be praying for us in that. Be praying for laborers. Because Jesus told you to pray for laborers, right? Because they are what? Few. Be praying for those who will support us, not just financially, but yes, we need that financial ability to bless and to serve and to give and all those things because that is the DNA of who we are as a church, but also to be bolder in what we are doing, But to have people being willing to give of their time and to say, you know what, Tom, I know typically I would have the convenience of being able to sit in the church and laugh at all of your amazing jokes, (laughs) feel like I'm at the Bananas Club, (laughs) Um, but to say, I'm willing to go sit with you in a trailer park and pray for people. To say, with, to say I'm willing to go give food away to people that don't have it instead of going into a comfortable building. I'm willing to go sit out in the 90 plus degree heat and ruin my hair or my beard, whatever, for a chance for someone who doesn't know Jesus to walk in. Because I will tell you, We could sit here in this building and wait and wait and wait and wait. Listen, I spend the majority of my days here now. I work out of my office here. There's not a bunch of lost people knocking on the doors trying to get in, people. That's a sign. We've got to get out. And so that is what we are going to be doing. So be praying for us. Be praying with us. And listen, Those of you that are watching online and you say, I need to let them know that we are behind them, shoot us a message. We love that. We need that. We need to know. We need to hear from the church because 90% of the church isn't here physically. So we need to hear from you. We need to hear from you what your perspective is. We need to hear from you your ideas of how to reach the community. We need to hear from you that you say, hey, right here in the back, I'm all for it. I want to be bold. I want to be crazy. I want us to see, I want to see us do stuff that people look at us and say, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But then we see a bunch of people come to know Jesus because of it. I want to be that bold. I want to be that type of a giver that we can do the boldest, craziest things that we've ever thought we could ever do, that we've never thought a church would do, that we want to do. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. That you say, hey, we're in. As crazy as it sounds, as crazy as you sounded, (laughs) we are in. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to live our mission of introducing 
as many people as we can to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this night. God, I know this is wildly different, which I think we're getting accustomed to, Father. But God, I pray that in this difference that we would be effective. God, we feel that push. And so God, we are, we are leaning into it. God, that we would be propelled further into whatever it is that you have for us. God, that we would be bolder than we've ever been. That we would do big, crazy, audacious things for you. That we would no longer be satisfied with just a church experience. That God, we would throw all of that out the door right now. And be this hybrid, whatever this is, God. That we would be this hybrid of a church. That we would be fluid and that we would serve you faithfully. Jesus, we pray for laborers, that God, we would have those that would rise up, God, alongside of us that says we are in. We wanna see people know Jesus. Not that we wanna see a full church building, but we wanna see people come to know Jesus. We wanna see people being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We wanna be big, bold, and crazy for him in that way. God, I pray that you would send those people and that God, you would give us clarity in our vision and what it is that you are doing in us. Father, we love you. Let us live out this mission to introduce as many people as we can to Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. I love you. I love you so much. I say that a lot and I'm saying it again. I love and I appreciate you and I need you. I need you in this hour. I need you in this time. And I, and I say that um, not just for myself, but God needs you. God needs you. God does not need you sitting on your hands in this hour. God needs you and he has a purpose for you and he wants you to live that out. And so live it out with us on this journey. I pray that you will do that.